0: Y'all know what time it is. Let's go. go, back, go. Hey! Go! Go. Back, go. Go, back, go. Oh, man. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Carving Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. I am a... Normally, Bryson Carver. Right now and later in the show, I am Cheesehead Ozzie in the building today. Man, it's been too long. It's been all, all the way back. It would have been after Baker Baker touchdown maker and the Buccaneers hung thirty four in Green Bay, and Baker had a perfect pass rating back in in mid December. But I was I was off in the happiest place on earth, and the most magical place on earth, in Orlando. So I didn't get the chance to. I didn't bring the cheesehead and the and the shades. Uh, but I am ba- Sharon. Uh I I listen, listen. It was, it was I think it was the week before, after they lost to the New York Giants and Tommy DeVito on that Monday night football game. It's been too long. It's been that long since I've been able to, to come out of the shadows and and have some fun today. Listen, I know Packers fans out there. It's been a rough day. It's been a rough weekend. But don't worry. Got some optimism and cautious optimism, but nonetheless, optimism coming your way. There's no doubt about it. We're having some fun today, though, because in all seriousness. Well, I can't be serious if I have foam dairy on my head. If you can. Um, let's take that off. Let's put the let's put the grid network hat on. Shout out to the grid network. Take the shades off. We'll, we'll, we'll bring those out later in the show. But uh, listen, we've got a fun show on tap for you guys tonight, okay? Going to get into the Detroit Lions making the NFC title game. Who could have possibly predicted that before the season? Hmm. Find out the answer to that. You probably do, but find out the answer to that later in the show. We're going to have some fun with that, obviously. Also, the Baltimore Ravens knocking off the Houston Texans. Folks, at this point, if you doubt Lamar Jackson... I don't know what you're watching, and I say that as a Steelers fan, but I've been a Lamar guy for a very, very long time. Also getting into the 49ers, obviously taking care of business, and something Brock Purdy did that I've been skeptical about for a while. Can he do it? Is he capable of doing it? Will he show me he can do it on Saturday night against the Packers? Also getting into, of course, the Chiefs win over the Bills in just a moment. But obviously, everybody, feel free to chime in the comments section. A lot of fun show tonight. We're going to get into a lot of things. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, if we can get hopefully a, a better uh, Wi-Fi it's just plaguing us, uh, it plagues us from time to time. Hopefully we can get that uh, taken care of in short order. But in general, a lot happened over the weekend. But first, y'all remember in grade school, really any level, college, high school, junior high, middle school, but really great, like you know, lower elementary school potentially, any level, there's always that one kid in class that just knows the answers to every question. And they almost get in your nerves after a while. It's like, dang, they know the answer to every single question. What is up with these people? Right? And maybe one day, despite long periods of success, months of success, a lot of A pluses on their test, maybe one day you get a better grade than them. Or better yet, you get an A minus and you're feeling beside yourselves. Your, yourself, they get an A plus. I'm sorry, A minus themselves, and it's like, yeah, could have done better. That, my friends, is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs are the smart kid that knows the answers to every question on the test, and the Bills are far from dumb. They're not. They're not. They're not. Dumb's the, a wrong word to use. Uh, far from, you know, not succeeding to the level that they want to in school, but also, yeah, they're just not that one smart kid that knows the answers to every question. That's where we're at, right, Kansas City-Buffalo. Folks, it was never a rivalry from the jump. From the jump, it was never at any point a rivalry between the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, Kansas City got the win last night, 27-24 over Buffalo. And listen, by and large, Buffalo played pretty well throughout the course of the game. They entered the ball over. Kansas City did. They averaged about five yards of carry. Uh, Josh Allen threw large stretches more in him late, a little later in the segment uh, was great. Made a, co- a third down play, uh, third down and goal from the 13 yard line to throw to Shakir. That was phenomenal. Made a lot of great throws throughout the night. You know, by and large, pretty good night for the Bills. Gave themselves multiple opportunities to win at points. Overcame again, overcame the fake punt, which was a curious call at best. I get them going for it, just none of that scenario. In order, uh, and they got the stop on on McCall Harbin right after that at the goal line. But doesn't it seem like the Chiefs? just like any dynasty, seem to flip a switch when the playoffs roll around. Just like you do and I do in life, we flip a proverbial switch when we're at work or at school, how we conduct ourselves. We conduct ourselves and, again, flip another switch when we're around our family. We flip another switch when we're around our friends. We flip another switch when we're around maybe people we don't know as well. We conduct ourselves in different ways. We're the same person, but there's just certain ways to go about things. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. And that is um, that's Patrick Mahomes, who is not the greatest quarterback ever. That title belongs to Tom Brady and likely will for some time, unless Mahomes keeps doing what he's doing. Can we see Patrick Mahomes' uh, stats? By the way, this graphic provided by my man Alfred Parsard Jr. of the Grid Network. Shout out to Alfred. He comes up with these graphics uh, the last few weeks. How about Mahomes' his playoff career? That's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. 13 and 3, 38 touchdowns, seven picks, completes about 66.8% of his passes, 285 yards per game and a pass rate of 106. Folks, that's his playoff averages, or in general, in terms of record touchdowns, interceptions. Like that, that's what he's done over the course of his playoff career. He's literally an MVP quarterback. You look at those numbers. That's that that looks like MVP numbers from some of Aaron Rodgers' years. Heck, some of Mahomes' years. That's you Tom Brady's MVPs, Mahomes, uh, Peyton Manning's. That's usually what they look like, right there. Mahomes turns into a different quarterback come the playoffs. And in terms of the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, oh, they're on the same level or similar levels. Folks, that was always nonsense. Absolute nonsense, not based. In fact, that's not to say Josh Allen is not incredible. Elite. Phenomenal. Made so many, a couple plays with his arm, his legs. I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. And he is. He ain't that dude in Kansas City, though. Because the fact of the matter is, all time, as we sit here today, as we sit here today, this is subject to change, obviously. All time, three dudes are above my the homes. Their names happen to be, their last names happen to be Brady, Brady, Montana, and Manning. The first one, of course. You're like, ah, Bryce, are you sure? How about this, folks? Peyton Manning has two Super Bowls, five MVPs. Ties Mahomes in the Super Bowls, has three more MVPs. Mahomes has a ways to go. Uh, if Patrick Mahomes wins on Sunday, gets the Ravens, or whenever his next playoff win comes, he'll tie Peyton Manning for playoff wins. And P- Peyton played 18 seasons. Mahomes is in year seven, six as a starter. That's unbelievable. Josh Allen is amazing, a phenomenal talent, really, from an arm perspective. An all-time talent. He's not Mahomes, and Mahomes has outplayed him in every single playoff game. Let's look at the first one. Here we have it. Is this 2020? Yes, 2020 AFC title game. Mahomes had three touchdowns. Allen had two. Mahomes had no turnovers. Allen had one. Now, Allen had more passing yards, 375 to 330, but Mahomes had a better completion percentage pass rating, QBR, and, of course, He got the W. But you know what? It's Josh Allen's first AFC title game. It's the first time the Bills have gotten there, I believe, since the 90s. The Chiefs were the defending champions. Like, the Chiefs were supposed to win that game. They were expected by most, including myself, to win that game. Didn't come as a surprise to really anybody. The Bills will be back, right? Well, they were. 2021, they matched up with the Chiefs, and that was when Mahomes put together that all-time— and Allen, by the way, put together all-time performances. Both had four touchdowns. Both had no turnovers. Allen beat him in passer rating, and Mahomes also won in yards, completion percentage, QBR, and he got the W in the end. And then this year, the ridiculous notion that Josh Allen was somehow playing on a similar level to Mahomes, or about to get to a similar level of Mahomes, yeah, that got debunked again despite the fact that he was at home with the running game, best running game he's ever had, despite the fact that she's fumbled at the one-yard line. We'll get into some of that stuff later. Allen had more touchdowns and yards. Both had no turnovers, but Mahomes had a better completion percentage pass, written QBR, and got the W. Mahomes has outplayed Allen every single time that they have faced off. Comparing Mahomes and Allen to Brady Manning is a disrespect to Brady Manning. I'm talking mid-rivalry. This is before Peyton got his second ring. This is before Tom reeled off those Super Bowls at the end. Tom had the rings. Peyton had the trophies. Well, Mahomes has both. Allen has neither. How on God's green earth are they the same on the same level? That's what has bothered me about this, this narrative for the longest time. Even CBS. let not take a shot at CBS. Great network. Nats, Romo, Wolfson. They do a phenomenal job. <laughs> but they run this promo showing this Peyton Manning Colts and Broncos highlights and Brady Patriots highlights, and them, like, you know, shaking hands at midfield after a hard-fought playoff game, whether it went one way or the other. And they're showing Mahomes and Allen great playoff performances. And them shaking hands at midfield, except every single time Patrick probably had a smile on his face about five seconds after the smile, and Allen was disappointed because his team wasn't able to come out with the W. It can't be a rivalry. I've said that this is not just this. Rivalry, I say in air quotes. I've said this about Warriors-Grizzlies. Said it about Warriors-Rockets. Remember Warriors-Rockets back in the mid-2010s? You know, they faced each other in the playoffs in 2015-16. Rockets had their moments, but Golden State was the way better basketball team. Won eight of the first ten playoff games that those two faced. Uh, Houston will be back. Yeah, they retooled. They got Mike D'Antoni. They they got P.J. Tucker and and implemented Clint Capella into their starting big. And they traded for Chris Paul. And in 2018, listen, they put a scare in Golden State. They did. They made things a little tough on the Warriors. And then Golden State, deep breath, reel themselves back in. They blow them out in game six. The Rockets gag from the three-point line in game seven. And the Warriors capitalize and they win the series. And then the next year, things don't quite go Golden State's way. How do I know that? Because Kevin Durant went down in Game 5 with Steph and Clay having a poor shooting series. And it didn't matter because they have the championship medal, championship pedigree. Things we consider kind of cliche, but they matter in these moments. When a team keeps, keeps getting you over and over and over, doesn't it kind of become a head thing at that point? Doesn't it become something that kind of sticks in your craw in the late-game situations? You tell me, do you see Josh Allen's body language and... Sean McDermott's and Stephon Diggs and all the star players of the Bills, didn't they look kind of, kind of, kind of tight? And when comes the cold weather, they're used to cold weather. They blew up my steals in cold weather last week. You saw Mahomes, Kelsey, not Jason. He was having a good time. Tra- Travis Kelsey, the whole Chiefs, Andy Reid, <sighs> calm, relaxed, composed, because they've been here before and they've been here before numerous times against this team. It's what they do they the dynasty of the NFL. Listen, will they win in Baltimore next week? I don't know. Baltimore, to me, feels like the better team. I'll be more on the Ravens later, Baltimore has been the best team, really, from start to finish. If you look at the totality of the season, they had the best defensive the league, the MVP of the league, John Harbaugh, who knows? Here's what I do know. If the Chiefs lose on Sunday to Baltimore, it'll be the worst season tied for the worst season in the Mahomes era. It would tie also for being the Bills' best season With Josh Allen. Mahomes Allen is not Brady Manning. It's more like Brady Roethlisberger or Brady Phillip Rivers. I think Josh Allen's better than both, but that's kind of where we're at in terms of the comparison meter or wherever you want to put that. It's a disrespect to the word rivalry, to Brady Manning and to Patrick Mahomes to think that this quarterback, great, while great, is somehow on the same level as the guy who has more MVPs, More championships. And by the way, it's not that he says he has more. It's that he has them, and Allen has none. Mahomes has six conference championship appearances, three Super Bowl appearances. Allen has one conference title game appearance, zero Super Bowl appearances. Folks are gonna think Buffalo Bills fans have thought for the last have have been sending me very mean stuff on social media. It's kept me up at night. I I can't, it's I'm struggling to sleep right now. It hurts my feelings because I really like Bill's mafia. But they're like, oh, you Josh Allen hater. I think he's one of the five best quarterbacks on the face of the earth. I just don't think, like others oddly do, that he's among one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever walk the planet, which Mahomes very obviously is. And by the way, we talk about those little moments. Doesn't Mahomes seem to always capitalize in the situations that Josh Allen doesn't? Can we, as great as Josh played, after a fumble late fourth quarter that, thank God, his offensive lineman recovered, can we see second and nine and third and nine to end the drive for the Bills before the missed kick by Tyler Bass? Can we pull that up here? Here we go. So there's Josh Allen on second down and nine. He's going to short on the ball to Shakir. Okay, well, he shorts on the ball to Shakir. That's fine because he got hit in the backfield. That's, I'm going to give Josh a pass there. It's hard to... Stefan Diggs right across the middle. He's coming right across the middle. He'll show it again. Right there. He hits Diggs there with the momentum Diggs is taking. He's going to get the first. Let's look at 39 now. So Josh is going to drop back. Here comes the pressure up the middle. And then he's going to try and roll out, make something happen. Nothing's there. He throws it out of bounds. Okay. There's nothing there. Or was there. Here's a look by CBS. We could show right here. There's the tight end. And there's the receiver right there, wide open across the middle. Now, there's no guarantee they'll get the first down. We'll show it to you again. No guarantee they'll get the first down. But you give yourself a shot. If nothing else, the field goal is shorter for Tyler Bass. Whether he makes or misses, he, my guess is he probably misses because he missed two against my Steelers last week. And honest to God himself, I had a feeling he was going to miss that uh, that attempt to tie the game up. But it's those little plays. That's not to say Josh Allen's the reason the Bills lost, just like he wasn't the reason the Bills lost in 2021. Less so now, or then than now, but wouldn't he be able to kind of quiet the narratives surrounding him? The, by the way, true narratives? And the facts, really, if we want to put it that way, that, oh, he can't win the big game, or, oh, he can't make the play when it's necessary. Had two opportunities right there. You keep the drive going, you eat more clock, and maybe Mahomes wins the game, maybe he doesn't, but he certainly has less time. This so was a little thing. As, by the way, he had a fumble right before that that probably should have been recovered by the Chiefs. While Josh Allen is spectacular. One of the greatest dual threat quarterbacks I've ever seen in terms of size, his physicality, arm strength is off the charts. He's not that guy. Saying, saying Russell Westbrook is great. In his prime, Russell Westbrook was great. Doesn't mean Steph Curry. That's insane. By the way, at least Westbrook had an MVP. I didn't think he should have gotten it, but he had an MVP. Comparing Mahomes to Allen is like comparing Brady to Big Ben. It's The the gap between the two examples there is the Grand Canyon. Allen is awesome. Mahomes is otherworldly. That's the difference. Let's look at some comments here. Patrick Brown, and he is 1,000% right here. This was uh, this was Buffalo's golden opportunity to beat Kansas City. You won't get a better opportunity. That was listen. I don't know if the Bills are going to win Super Bowl. Josh Allen. I think they're more than capable of doing it. Uh, listen, they won six of their last seven games. They shouldn't even been the playoffs. They were six and six, but they 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 were able to make some ad- adaptions, some 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 coaching change. Yeah, coaching changes. Bringing in uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh, this is before the six and six. Um, Joe Brady made some adjustments to their credit. Had people fooled thinking they were a Super Bowl contender. But there's still some holes. Uh, and even still, you know, notice when Josh Allen runs into the guys that are on or about, at or above his level, he never wins. He's 0-4 now in the playoffs against Mahomes and Burrow, both of which are obviously better than him. Mahomes, it's not even a discussion. Burrow, he's knocked off Mahomes in a playoff game and has a Super Bowl appearance on his resume. Like These little things matter. Uh, Patrick, something has been off with Josh and Diggs since earlier this season. Eight uh, eight targets, three catches for 21 yards. This was Diggs' time to rise and shine. Well, Diggs did not play well. And by the way, in Josh's defense, listen, that drop by Diggs in the fourth quarter, brutal. It was a perfectly thrown ball by Josh out. Perfect. Uh, welcome to Dak Prescott's world in 2022 and Patrick Mahomes' world in 2023. And we ripped both. Well, I didn't rip both. I was consistent. I I don't, crazy me, I don't blame quarterbacks for drops. Uh, But Mahomes dealt with that all season long. Got to find a way to overcome it. And by the way, bad as Diggs was, he's going to get the first down on on second and nine if Mahomes, I'm sorry, if Allen sees him. Can can we show it to you one more? Let's, Let's show it one more time. Okay, uh, Stephon Diggs coming across the screen here. So here's the live shot, live on CBS. and You see Diggs top of the screen right there. He's going to get the first or come darn close. We'll see the replay here. Right there. Right there. He didn't even look at him. Now, in his defense, Shakir was open, but again, the pressure came. Uh, Chris Jones knocked Deion Dawkins back into Josh Allen. And by the way, something else, too. I mean, that's one of the things I've heard. Uh, oh, Mahomes is 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 not as good of a dual threat as runners. Josh Allen. True. I mean, that's listen. Josh Allen's rush touchdowns uh, statistics are off the charts, but um, Allen didn't even have the longest run of the game by by a quarterback. Mahomes did when he had that long run to set up one of their scoring drives. Uh, so, and by the way, something else too. Josh Allen, big arm guy. He threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage sixteen times. Adder behind the line of scrimmage sixteen times. A lot of screen passes. A lot of. I feel like the Bills were treating him as a game manager. Now, Josh Allen is not that obviously, but it's odd. You know, wouldn't you say? You no, know. Buffalo is a well-run franchise. They have an awesome quarterback uh, and, and some pieces in the roster. I like, but this notion that they were on the same level as the Kansas city chiefs, you can't keep losing every time and call it a rivalry. Otherwise it's a pretty darn pathetic rivalry. It is, you know, uh, not to bring my Warriors back in the mix, but it was, you know, Warriors and, and Cavs. Warriors got the Cavs three out of four times, but you say, hey, Warriors were overwhelmingly better than Cleveland in 17 and 18 once KD joined and you no know, Kyrie in 2018. You know, 2015, even with no Kyrie, no Kevin Love, LeBron took my Warriors to six games. And in 2016, you had the Draymond suspension. Uh, you have other factors to play in, and LeBron has the greatest defensive player ever, and and Kyrie hits the shot that split my heart into a million pieces. Man, that was a rivalry. Warriors, Rockets, eh, come on. Uh, come on. That's where I'm at with Chiefs-Bills. It's If this is the best rivalry I have in the NFL, which for the record, I don't think it is, but if it is, eh, it's not great. I think Mahomes-Burrow is, is a better better example. One and one in the playoffs, and you know, at least Burrow's been to the Super Bowl and, and got through Mahomes uh, in order to do so in comeback fashion, I might add. Okay, so we'll talk Niners and Packers a little later because uh, that was a fantastic football game. I, I thought San Francisco was going to not embarrass Green Bay but kind of control the game. Two weeks off, Shanahan, Purdy off two weeks rest in that roster. Uh, now, the Debo Samuel thing did uh, affect uh, matters for the 49ers, but by and large, I thought they were going to take care of business, and that came down to the wire. More on that game uh, a little later, but... Yesterday, so we had three great games this weekend. The Ravens was the only blowout. I'll talk about them in, a, in about a half hour, but um, the Detroit Lions knocking off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got a Buccaneers fan in my family. I'm sure he has. He, he's you know down the dumps today. Shout out to Tampa Bay. Great season by given what we had ex, in terms of expectations for him. A little more on Baker later, but uh, Detroit wins a game, 31, 30, uh, 23. Jared Goff plays excellent. We can check uh, and give a look to Jared Goff's numbers here. What we got? Uh, 287 passing, rather, 30-43, two touchdowns, no picks, and a pass rating of 103. So Jared Goff played well against a really good Tampa Bay defense, a really aggressive Tampa Bay defense. Uh, offensive line was good the whole bit. But, listen, if you'd have told me, or told if you'd have told someone coming into the season, listen, we're going to have all these contenders in the NFC. We're going to have the Niners who make the NFC title game. We're going to have the defending champion Eagles. We're going to have Dallas, you know, with Dak having the best year of his career. And, you know, who knows, this kid Jordan Love is going to come out of nowhere and the Packers are going to go on, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a mini run here. That the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions make the NFC title game? Like, that That would have been, like, hard to believe coming into the season. And uh, that, nobody would have predicted that. Uh, let's just go show you how unpredictable the NFL season. can What's that? Oh, wait, we... they did. Someone did pick him to go to the NFC title game. So, y'all, someone's telling my in my ear that uh, somebody picked the Niners. I'm sorry, that the Lions get the NFC title game. That's well, that's impressive. Uh, oh, we have the footage. We have the footage of them saying it. Oh, right now. Okay, let's let's see what we got. Hold up. And there's one team in particular it's going to surprise you, but I think are a good draft away from not just being playoff contenders, but I think, I'm talking legit Super Bowl lift the Lombardi Trophy Super Bowl contenders. The Detroit Lions. Hold up. Heard me say at the beginning, I feel like if Detroit puts together a good draft, kind of like the Seahawks and the Jets did last year, and like the heck like the Seahawks are doing this year, Man, they could be contenders in that NFC. As crazy as the NFC is, as all over the place as it is, I'm dead serious when I say, who's to say the Detroit Lions cannot be in the NFC Championship game? I'm dead serious. Hold up. Detroit's going to the NFC Championship game. That will be your matchup, Ryan Flowers. Detroit, wow. <laughs> I have, listen, I have been saying for months, and I will stick with it. The Detroit Lions will play in the NFC title game. Been saying that since the draft. I'm going to stick to it and be held to it. Well, what do you know? What do you know about it? (laughs) How about those Detroit Lions? And I'm a Steelers fan who roots for Dak on the side in Dallas, but to see what those Detroit Lions did, led by Dan Campbell, the head coach, led by Jared Goff, the quarterback, more on the roster, because to me that's the focus a little later. But uh, listen. It was was a little bit of a rough and rocky finish to the season for Detroit. But in the end, what happened yesterday to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Dan Canberra, Oprah Winfrey, help me out here. Kneecap. 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 Oh, the kneecaps were bitten for the last time this season in Detroit. Now, we'll see if they're bitten beyond that in San Francisco or, dare I say, in Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. But this is... Such a great, I I have no ties to Michigan, Detroit, the Lions. Well, the Lions sort of because Hendon Hooker's there. It's my guy from Tennessee, Go Balls. Uh, But in general, I don't have any ties to Detroit uh, or Michigan or any of that. But this is that city with this football team. People talk about, oh, Cleveland, Cleveland. Cleveland has some AFC title game appearances. Troy has one NFC title game appearance in the history of the Super Bowl era. One. Back in nineteen ninety one, with Barry Sanders manning the ship, and they're back again. Who could have seen it coming? You know, I, I think I'm the only one in outside of the city of Detroit that saw the Detroit Lions getting to the NFC title game. So needless to say, I'm feeling mighty fine about myself today. But to me, what the focus is is that. Listen, we've seen teams kind of come out of nowhere, go on runs. But for Detroit, it wasn't a, you know, uh, heat in the moment. Slightly we're not heat in the moment. That's the wrong way to put it. It wasn't a situation where they just came out of nowhere, you know, like Brock Purdy style. Brock Purdy comes to the NFL. We're like, dang, this kid's pretty good. More on Brock Purdy later. But for Detroit, it was a gradual. It was a process. It was a, the perfect definition of a build You say, what about Rebuild? What were they building from? They were disastrous for the vast majority of their history. They trade Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, he goes on to win the Super Bowl that first season there. And we're thinking, coming into this season for Detroit, like, ah, you know, Lions are just the Lions. You know, they're irrelevant. They're bad. They lose every year on Thanksgiving. Like, who cares about Detroit, right? playing a dome. And then they hired Dan Campbell. And I, I listen, full disclosure, when that press conference happened, I'm like, yeah, that's, oh Lord, that's, that's the answer. That's, that's, that's who they're turning to to try and turn this thing around, huh? Ooh, I don't know about that. This, this kneecap and ankle biting and ooh, ooh I just feel sorry for Lions fans. At first season, 3-13-1. Competitive in a lot of their games, but just can't make the plays at the end of the season. Then 2022 rolls around. They're nine and they're, they're one and six, actually. Or what yeah, one and six. And then they get rolling. They went eight of their last 10 games. They almost make the playoffs. They knock the Packers out of the playoffs and end Aaron Rodgers' Green Bay career. This year they end up going 12 and 5. They're in the NFC title game today. But how did they do that? How did they go from three wins to nine wins to 12 wins in a conference title game berth? Two, well, one name. Two words, Brad Holmes, the general manager of this Detroit Lions football team, what he was able to do and slowly building up this football team through not just necessarily the the free agent market or the tra- the, the trade market where they got Jared Goff and the Rams or they they signed CJ Gardner Johnson who got an interception against Baker Mayfield after all the trash talk between those two during the week the draft. I don't think you can ace a draft any more than they did. Let's take a look here. Let's look at the Detroit Lions draft uh, over the last three years. Okay, so 2021, they hit on three picks. Panay Sewell, their their tackle, who is amazing, but oftentimes has been pro football focus, his highest-ranked off rated offensive lineman. You got Amon Ross St. Brown, who, you know, had well over a 1,000 yards receiving and is the most underrated receiver in football, their number one guy. And Derek Barnes. Darrell Barnes taking one pick after St. Brown. Yeah, how, how's, how's that draft pick worked out for the Lions? He got the game-inning interception off Baker Mayfield yesterday. 2022, they take Aiden Hutchinson's second overall in the draft. After the Jags weirdly took Trayvon Walker, number one, I still will never understand understand that. Didn't understand then, don't understand now. Aiden Hutchinson's a monster. I mean, how many times was he in the backfield getting pressure on Baker Mayfield yesterday and all season long? Then they draft Jamison Williams, 10 picks later. Jamison Williams is their number two receiver, really a speed guy out of Alabama. Oh, you see Derek Barnes there? I apologize. This is Derek Barnes. Uh, that should say, if we could uh, we pull this up. Okay, that should say, uh, uh, hang on. That should, shouldn't say Derek Barnes. That should say another player's name. Uh, I apologize for the little snafu in the graphic there. But uh, let's see. Who, who, who was it? Okay, no, is nobody. Okay, so the, those, those were really the two hits. So that, that shouldn't say Derek Barnes there. But the point is, Derek Barnes drafted 2021. is not drafted in 2022, full disclosure. But then 2023, folks, they had a not one, not two, not three. Four draft picks. Jameer Gibbs, who's uh, I loved out of Alabama and has been nothing short of awesome for them. Jack Campbell, a linebacker out of I- Iowa, who's been great. Sam Laporta, who is, you know, the greatest rookie tight end we've ever seen by the numbers and is one of the best security blankets. I'm going to say right now, the man's going to be the next Travis Kelsey. Brian Branch as well. Safety they took out of Alabama. They-, they like their Alabama guys. I noticed that. I guess it ties to Nick Saban somehow. They hit on all of these draft picks which is a credit to their GM, Brad Holmes. It's a credit to their front office, which has nailed these picks. Also going and getting guys in free agency. Um, and getting Cam Sutton, who Cam Sutton had a rough day yesterday. My guy out of Tennessee, go Vols. Uh, he was guarding Mike Evans. In Cam's defense, most guys struggle against Mike Evans. He's a phenomenal player. It is a future Hall of Famer. It was a slow build. It was a gradual build. And it's gotten them to this point in the NFC title game. And by the way, because of these draft picks, I'm going to say right now, I don't know if they're going to win the game. I, honest to God, have not made my prediction yet. I'm going to save that for Friday. I always do. But generally, though, I kind of have a good good look on or a good feel about where, where the game's going, where the direction of that game is going. Tell me the position group where the Niners, they might be better in some of them, where they're way better than Detroit. I would only want to probably say is secondary. The Detroit secondary struggled a lot this season, but San Francisco's isn't crazy. I mean, Jordan Love had his moments against them with those young Packers receivers. Quarterback, I'll talk about Purdy later. Show me a lot. I'm taking Jared Goff. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's probably the best quarterback in football with a clean pocket outside of Joe Burrow. Um, running game, McCaffrey, but you also, you have McCaffrey obviously who's amazing in San Francisco, but in Detroit, you have Gibbs, you have Montgomery. Thunder and light, or really in, in that direction, lightning and thunder, so to speak. Receivers, we got Debo, you got Ayuk, you got Juwan Jennings, you got guys like that. In San Francisco, well, Detroit says, well, look at our guys. Aminor St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams. Offensive line, advantage Detroit by a mile. That's the best offensive line in the league. San Francisco has an amazing left tackle. That's kind of it. Tight end, San Francisco, Kittle, but Laporta is... Well, board is coming, man. Uh, two Iowa guys, man. Iowa, Iowa's tied in you. We've we've come to know that, especially with with Hawkinson in Minnesota, uh, coming from Iowa defense, defensive line, San Francisco. You know, I, I definitely get a solid advantage there. But Detroit has Aiden Hutchinson linebackers. You, you, I, that's the only area I'd say that the the uh, Niners are way better because they have Warner and because they have Greenlaw, who was great against the Green Bay the other night. But that's because of those, two, those are the two best linebackers of football. They're better than everybody, including Detroit. Secondary Niners are better, not by much. The secondary gets covered a lot for because of the front seven. So I'm just saying, like, if we're, by the way, kicker, I trust Detroit's kicker more than, than San Francisco's rookie kicker. So we talk about this situational football. We talk about roster comparisons. Niners are better than Detroit? But it's not by much. I mean, I saw I tweeted this because I never, ever, ever, ever tweet about lines. Like I leave that to the to the to the sharps, to the gambling experts, to the betting guys and gals out there. But when I saw San Francisco minus seven, I'm like, oh my God, I'm all over Detroit in, in, in the points. I mean, listen, I don't bet, as the old segment goes on my show. It's called I betting man. If I were a betting man. I am going to Vegas right now. I am not waiting for that line to drop. I am taking Detroit plus the points. Don't know if they're going to win the game, but I'm absolutely taking the Lions and the seven points. Shout out to the city of Detroit, man. For the long time, fans have suffered through so much of just incompetent football. Folks, they had an 0-16 season in 08. 0-16. And here they are 15 years later with the second best team in the NFC and a win away. One win away from Super Bowl 58. Don't know if they're going to win against San Francisco. I haven't made my pick yet. But for Dan Campbell, doubted. Jared Goff, doubted. And to be able to hit on all these draft picks like the way that Brad Holmes has. Those three guys that I would say, with Holmes getting the majority of the questions and the majority of the credit, Holmes being at the top of the list. Job well done. This, this is why I saw the Detroit Lions all the way back in April, nine months ago. I literally said on the show, we, I, I played the, the clip there. If the Lions ace the 2023 draft, they'll be in the NFC Championship game. They ace the draft just like they did in 2022, just like they did in 2021. And here they are in the NFC title game. One win away from the Super Bowl. I have stuck with this pick all season long. Even when it got a little dicey, they lost to Chicago. Green Bay blew them out. They had the loss, the controversial loss to Dallas. Everybody bailed on Detroit. Oh, they're kind of a cute team. They score a lot of points. But. Oh, no, 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 They can score a lot of points on you, but they can, get, they can get nasty. They can play nasty football if necessary with their front seven. Man, how about those Detroit Lions, man? Not even a Lions fan, but I am freaking thrilled. Of course, for my pick, but for that city, man. They've been through a lot with Detroit. And they're a couple wins away. As Dan Campbell said after the game, he, you know, you know, he was talking to his team. He said, we're two wins away. And he said with the bye in the middle, two wins. And the Lions are Super Bowl champions down to our final four. There we go. Uh, let's see. Patrick Brown. Detroit is going to the NFC title game before Dallas. Regardless of what happens, it's been a magical run. We cringe at Dan's introductory press conference. It works. Guy's bought into the culture. He can motivate his players who want to run through a wall for him. Wish Dallas had a guy who's not afraid uh, to be himself. Uh, plus, Dan was in the 0 16th Lions. And now he's the head coach leading them to the NFC title game. Yeah, listen. I don't want to talk about Dallas today. I don't want to talk about... Crappy run franchises with quarterbacks who's dragging them and receivers. By the way, one receiver uh, that is. Uh, I don't want to talk about Dallas. Okay, I, I, I don't like talking about junk. Um, man, that is how you rebuild a franchise, though. If you can ace your picks, it's going go a long way. I'll tell you what, though. Regardless of what happens, that NFC North clash in twenty twenty four between Green Bay and and uh, Detroit, that's going to be fun. Chicago, they should draft Caleb, we'll see, but even if they get Caleb, who I think is going to be phenomenal, I don't think they'll be winning the division over Detroit and Green Bay good. Uh, Minnesota, is they have a ton of question marks, especially at quarterback, so we'll see, but that Detroit-Green Bay back and forth is going to be a really, that that might be the most fun divisional race to watch in 2024. Obviously, you'll have Dallas-Philly, but right now, as currently constructed. They're both fraudulent. Uh, Green Bay's trending upwards, and Detroit has been trending upwards, and a couple more wins, and they got themselves in Lombardi. That is good, good stuff. Shout out to Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff. That is, I, I, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever been this excited for a team that's not my own to go on a long run. That this is really, really cool stuff. They saw Detroit reacted. Uh, was Eminem at the game yesterday? Though I didn't see him. He was in. He was in uh, the game before against the Rams. Uh, I did not see Marshall Mathers during that game. I'm going to assume he was there. Or maybe he's like, hey, I want to just take it in. I want the cameras on. I don't know. Uh, but, man, Detroit's best came out. I'm sure they'll come out in, in, in the Bay Area. Let's transition there, though. Talk about the Packers later, and rest assured, she said Ozzie will come into the building. But before we talk about the, the Packers, San Francisco. So they won the game 24-21 over the Green Bay Packers, and it was far from pretty. It was far from what I thought it'd be. I agree. I'm sorry. I had San Francisco 31 to 16. I thought this would be a game where they kind of controlled throughout. McCaffrey was good. Purdy working out of the play action. It's uh, kind of a typical Niners win. They control throughout. And listen, some some of the games they just smack teams like Dallas and Jacksonville and Philly. Uh, and then some games like some divisional games, Arizona, Seattle, they just kind of slowly, gradually pull away. But in this one, it was a, a dogfight. And not that they're not capable of winning dog fights because they are because they have great roster and a very physical style of football, physical brand of football. But my question about Brock Purdy. See, I, I've always been, I, I love Purdy at, from the job. I've, been a, I've called him sturdy Purdy since late 2022. I really like this kid a lot. I went into, I ventured into loving Purdy when they blew out Dallas. I'm like, dang, look at his numbers. Look at the throws he's making. Like, man. But three-game losing streak. They play from behind. He's not good playing from behind. Then they have the loss to Baltimore, who smokes them, and Purdy looks completely overwhelmed, which hindsight's twenty twenty in his defense. They kind of overwhelm Stroud at times. We know Stroud had a great season this year, so a little pass for Purdy. But that three-game losing streak, close games, just couldn't play from behind. Couldn't play out of structure, so to speak. That was my question. I don't fall in the Purdy stands, and I don't fall in the Purdy haters. Both kind of get on my nerves <laughs> to a certain extent, Okay, I don't think Purdy's as good as some people say. I don't think he's bad as other people say. I got him right in that top 12 category uh, around that situation, around like the Kirk Cousins area, which is not a shot because Kirk's a darn good quarterback. Uh, if you put Kirk in San Francisco, they go a long ways. Again, that's not a shot at Purdy either. But that was my question. Could he play from behind? Well, Packers missed the field goal. Anders Carlson, you know, who, who uh, Matt LaFleur, according to Tom Rinaldi, said that uh, he, he, he prays when he comes out there to to kick, that's not great. I mean, Carlson had missed more kicks than anybody this season, so the miss comes as no surprise to anybody. But Purdy's got the ball from his own thirty-one, six eighteen to go. Yeah, this is it. You're down four. Field goal does you no good. Six minutes to go. This is ideal circumstances. I watch well, his ideal circumstances for a game-winning drive. It's like Purdy, what you got? Debo's hurt. It's nasty weather. The other team's playing with momentum. Frankly, your coach hasn't called the greatest game ever. Kyle Shanahan had a rough outing. Matt LaFleur coached circles around him, and I never thought I'd say those words, but he did. Kind of got to overcome some stuff. That's called NFL quarterbacking, and I wasn't sure if Purdy could do that. And here's what he did. We'll show you the drive. He has money. So here's the first one. It's play action. He's going to hit. Uh, Jawan Jennings here, my man out of Tennessee. Go Vols. Jawan's going to get a few yards after the catch. There he goes. The first play. Here's the second play. Little we'll dump off to McCaffrey. Okay, let's get some going. Little we'll check down. Let's let, let's get what we can here. Take what the defense gives us. The third and five. Those the best we made. We're gonna show it twice. It's so nice. We gotta show it twice to Ayuk. Look at that. Just threading the needle right there to Ayuk of the middle. One more time. Bam. Perfect throw by Purdy. Next next play is another gorgeous throw to Conley. Number eighty four. The receiver Conley. Perfect. Per- perfectly thrown ball. Then the next one, he uses his leg, or not, I'm sorry, that's the one after that. Then he hits Kittle. There's Kittle open. He hits him under pressure. By the way, pressure coming up the middle. He hits Kittle. Then the next one, Purdy does what Jimmy could never do. Jimmy Garoppolo, move in and out of the pocket. See, nothing's there. Let's use my legs. Let's get, I'm going to use my legs, see what I can get. And then, of course, at the end, Mr. Christian McCaffrey does what he's, he's done a lot, and that's score touchdowns. And he fish, finishes it off right there with what ended up being the game winning score. And we could show you Purdy's numbers. Again, this graphic provided by my man, Alfred Parsar Jr. We could show you the graphic. Purdy's last drive, six for seven, completed about 85% of his passes, 47 pass yards, 11 rush yards, three first downs. And again, 12 play, 69 yard game winning drive. The questions I had about Purdy, not just can he win playing from behind. He went the extra mile. He played from behind without everybody there. We saw Debo Samuel missed a lot of time in that three-game losing streak. Didn't look like the same offense. Now, it didn't look like the same offense for three and a half quarters, but really what Purdy did was like the reverse Josh Allen. Josh was amazing through three and a half quarters and was not good at all in the, in the last six, seven and a half, or eight, really. Purdy was, I'm going to be nice today because I'm complimenting the man, mid to use a Gen Z term, mid through, you know, the, th- the three and a half quarters of action. But when they absolutely needed him to come up big, he did. Those throws to Ayuk and, uh, and to Conley, especially Ayuk throw, just third, I mean, that's third and five. Third and five, about three, four minutes to go. You got to fit that into a tight window. Otherwise, it's fourth and five. There's a lot of pressure if you don't get it. Playoffs, it's raining. It's, it's, it's wet. The other teams play with momentum. No Debo Samuel. And he didn't blink. And he did blink in the three games before that. Against Cleveland, Minnesota, and Cincinnati. Saturday night, he said, I got this. I got this. Well, let me take y'all to the finish line here. And let Christian, let, let our best offensive player finish it off. Shout out to Brock Purdy. I have really liked this kid from day one. Y'all remember when they beat Tampa Bay, he came in. Garoppolo got hurt. He came in, played pretty well against Miami, and and then they played his very first start it was against the greatest quarterback ever, Tom Brady, and the Buccaneers. And the Niners won thirty-five to seven. Purdy plays amazing, and this this is that this is for the Purdy lovers. Like here you go, like this is what I've, or the Purdy stands would be a better way to put it. This is kind of what I've said is. I think the kid's really good. I think he's a top 12 guy. I mean, we see his numbers, his pass ratings off the charts and and pass yards and touchdowns and all that. They're great. Passer rating, completion percentage. But can he come through when it matters most when circumstances aren't ideal? Well, that's exactly what he did. It's exactly what he did. Now he wasn't great through three and a half quarters, which is why I don't elevate him into that elite level. But is he in the really, really good level? No doubt about it. No question. That, and, and for the Purdy haters, like, oh, they're just doing with him what they did with Jimmy G, like, ask him to not lose the game. Jimmy's been bad in these situations. You remember that drive against, uh, remember that they blew a 10-point lead to the Rams? They blew a 10-point lead to the Chiefs? You know, Jimmy Garoppolo did get the ball in those situations and couldn't capitalize. And for the record, you look at the advanced analytics, we don't have time to get into that today, but if you look at Purdy completion percentage on throws outside the numbers compared to Jimmy, ain't even close. Purdy on 20 or more, more yards down the field. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Barely attempted yard throws a 20 or more yards down the field. Shanahan trusts him more. Now, my criticism of Kyle, then I'll get into the Packers. My criticism of Kyle, again, I, you heard me say, I thought he called a pretty poor game. And, and this has been something that's kind of been his bugaboo, especially in playoff games. We remember when he was the O.C. back in Atlanta when they lost to the Patriots in the infamous 28-3 comeback by, by New England. Uh, he was the offensive play caller. What did he do? He deviated from the run. 2020 against Kansas City, deviated from the run. Now, to a certain extent, I kind of get why he did it against the Chiefs. They didn't get a tongue going in the run game through stage of that game, so I sort of get what he was doing but he has a tendency to not adjust terribly well. Like, here's the thing about Kyle Shanahan. He is an A++++ plus 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 play designer uh, and play caller, especially to start a game. He's kind of a C-level adjuster, an adapter. He's not like Mike McCarthy bad, but he kind of just, this is what we're doing, this is what we've done the whole game, and I'm really not going to change it. Well, that's fine when you have the best roster in the league and you're blowing somebody out. But if another team's playing, you blow for blow, toe-to-toe, it's not going to be quite as, as smooth sailing. And that's what that's what happened to the vast majority of the game. But credit to Shanahan. He, he, he dialed the plays when he had to. Purdy did. But again, I don't love, again, I just call Purdy really good. Not great. Uh, top 12. I don't love 39 attempts. And by the way, Jordan Love attempted 34 and threw the two picks. So props to, now Purdy tried to throw that pick six to to Savage. Savage got Dak last week. He almost got Purdy in in, in this game, but. Shout out to Brock Purdy. That was my concern. Can he play from behind when things aren't ideal? And by the way, I'm seeing people move the goalposts. Well, what about being down double digits? No, 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 no. Let's be consistent on this. Let's be consistent. He was down for wet weather. Other teams plant momentum. Defense has been good. He's been shaky. He overcame that mentally. Debo Samuel gone. And all the throws he had to. We'll show the stats one more time on the game when he drive. Six for 7, 45 pass yards, eleven rush yards, and three first downs to lead a twelve-play, sixty-nine-yard game-winning drive. That's what I mean. That's what you asked him to do, and he did it. Shout out to Brock Purdy, man. He came through, sturdy Purdy. See, I never called him elite Purdy. I never called him great Purdy, or, or, or uh, uh, you know, strong as a rocker, you know, strong as a rock, rock, or something. But he sure is sturdy Purdy, and he came through. And that's what they needed. Uh, let's see. Uh, No, no comments. Okay. No comments here. Uh, but yeah, that's shout out to the Niners, man. You know, a lot better quarterback now than they have with Jimmy. And that's not a shot at Jimmy, but Jimmy's a backup. He's a backup. Back to Peyton O'Connell in Vegas. It's not great. He's a good, good looking guy. He's got a lot of money. You know, Jimmy's not exactly hurting today. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what the, that's what the Niners tend to do now. Uh, let me check some real quick. Is that thing still on? No, it's off. Okay, so we won't play that. We won't play that. I just want to make sure. Uh, Just give me about 10 seconds real quick. Real quick. Just hang on just a moment right here. Uh, So, are we ready to go? We ready to go? Okay, let's do it. Cheesehead Ozzy's back in the building. You know, again, it has been far too long. It's been far too long since I was last here when uh, the Packers lost to the Giants, you're like, well, Cheesehead Ozzie, why weren't you there when the Packers lost to the Buccaneers? Well, I was in Disney World, so I didn't bring the Cheesehead, didn't bring the Shades, and I just, you know, I didn't have it there. You know, what, what's, uh, what makes it tough for Packers fans, makes it tough, is the fact that uh, you got your hopes up. Quarterback is balling out. In the first half and through parts of the third quarter, he's playing big-time football. And you're running the football effectively with Aaron Jones, who had the big run to get you down in field goal range when the, the kick that, that Carlson missed. Aaron Jones, eight carries for 108, six-yard average. That, that'll work. That's pretty good. With no A.J. Dillon. Offensive line did its job through portions of the night. Again, considering the defensive line they're facing, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, That's that's impressive what they did. They have some good young talented receivers. Romeo Dobbs was good. Once again, he's kind of turned into their number one guy. They had the other dude, uh, forget his name, number 80. Uh, Melton, who made the touchdown catch. Great toe tap on the broken cut co- or the the bad uh the, the broken coverage in the secondary for, for the Niners. They're, they're ready to go. Three and six. Get hot at the end of the year. And Jordan Love did what great quarterbacks in Green Bay do. And God knows they've had some all timers. Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers, whether or not Jordan Love will get to those heights, like first bout Hall of Fame heights, remains to be seen. But they've certainly hit on their quarterback. He is their franchise guy. But he did what the all-time greats, the legends, the guys will be talking about forever in Green Bay, what they all did too, especially his predecessor. Got hot at the end of the year, got rolling. M- remind you of R E L A X, Aaron Rodgers, or or we're gonna run the table when the Packers were four and six in 2016. Remind you of that. 3-6, and six get hot at the end of the year. Before that, they beat the Bears, they, and they book into the season with wins against Chicago. And then they went to Dallas and beat the Cowboys because the Packers, you know, own the Cowboys, have just as many playoff wins at AT&T Stadium as Dallas does. Uh, they own, the, own Dallas and Jordan Love put on a clinic against the Cowboys. And then they went to San Francisco and lost. That, that's the Green Bay tradition, man. That's what they do. You know? You knock off the Bears because you own them. And you knock off the Cowboys because you own them too. And you lose the Niners because they own you. Whether it's Garcia, whether it's Kaepernick, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's Brock Purdy, Sturdy Purdy, doesn't matter. They're going to get you in the end. Doesn't matter if you have Favre, Rogers, or Love. It's just how, how the cookie crumbles. The NFL script writers, I'll say this in jest, obviously, it's, uh, they 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 recycled an old script. There's no question about that. But as Cheesehead Ozzie, I may be a Packers troll, so to speak. Wearing the beloved dairy on my head is foam dairy. By the way, it's not real. Of course, I'm, I'm not going to eat this afterwards. But uh, wearing the foam dairy on my head as so many of you loyal Packers fans do. I have good news. You have a lot to look forward to. You do. Okay, your quarterback was second in the NFL in touchdown passes. Jordan Love surpassed Brock Purdy at the end when Purdy didn't play. Second to Rain Dakota Prescott, you know. You beat Rain Dakota Prescott and his team badly in a playoff game. You still own the Bears, and against San Francisco is another matter. But you have really, really, really talented young receivers. You got Jaden Reed. You got Christian Watson, who was compromised due to the hamstring. He'll be back next year. He's, he's, a, he's a playmaker. He's a deep threat. You got Romeo Dobbs, who's kind of become your number one guy. You got that kid, uh, Wicks, who, who's, who's really, I, I like him, nice route runner. You still got Aaron Jones. You're not paying anybody really other than Aaron Jones uh, and some offensive linemen. Bakhtiari's still there, even though he got hurt. A.J. Dillon, we'll see what happens. My guess is, I, I, don't, I don't know if he, if he stays in Green Bay or not. We'll see. But they develop run games in Green Bay well under Matt LaFleur. Uh, you got two really good tight ends, Kraft. Uh, Tucker Kraft, the tight end. You got the other kid, uh, Luke Musgrave, who, who, when he was healthy, was really, really productive. Now, defensively, you're not very good, but my guess is the Packers will move on from Joe Barry and and, then bring another guy in, see if they can patch up the defense. You know, it's good news in Green Bay. And by the way, Matt LaFleur, I have been a Matt LaFleur skeptic since the day he took the Packers job. Since carving up started in 2019, which which was LaFleur's rookie year as the Packers coach, didn't always love what I saw, especially from a from a ready-to-play standpoint, from a, you know, are the Packers motivated, ready to go? I mean, they had some blowout losses to the Niners in the playoffs. They lost a close one again to Jimmy G at home. More blame on Rodgers than the floor, but the point is, they lost that game to Tampa and Brady when Brady threw three picks in the NFC title game. And, but ultimately, this guy was with Jordan Love. Not to take credit away from Love, but Love was looking pretty darn shaky. Like, really shaky. The first nine games of the season, I mean, something like 14 touchdowns, 12 picks, like was just not playing very well, looked uncomfortable, kind of antsy in the pocket. And by his own development individually, as well as with the play-calling development structure in Green Bay with Matt LaFleur, became a different quarterback. 20 touchdowns, I believe, about 20, 21 touchdowns, and one interception. Now, he threw two yesterday, or, or Saturday night, against the 49ers, those were rough. The second one was absolutely, I mean, inexcusable. Uh, that was that was, that was was literally, the, you saw in NFL memes and all these places putting it out. That was the Brett Favre interception when he was with the Vikings against the Saints that cost Minnesota the title game. Uh, that's what that was. First down minutes ago, what the heck are you doing, Jordan Love? Uh, throwing the ball across your body, fading out of bounds. Like, that is the biggest no-no, and props to Dre Greenlaw for getting a second interception on the day. But... That's the and by the way, Jordan Love, to his credit, a minute after the game, that uh, you know, that's that's the Cardinal sin, so to speak. That's not exactly what he said, but he alluded to that. Like that's you just don't do that as a quarterback when it's first down, minute to go. You only need like twenty five yards to get in the field goal range. Now your kicker is questionable at best, but at least give him a shot there and just throw it out of bounds, live to see another play. But he's a young quarterback, he'll learn. Things are looking up for Green Bay, as they should. But just know, Packers fans. The Niners will always own you. They will. And there's a team in your division by the name of the Detroit Lions that ain't going nowhere. And they're going to be doing a lot of this for years to come. Kneecap. 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 Knee so freaking thrilled for the Lions still. So you still you have to compete with that. And Aaron Rodgers' years... Yeah, had a little Jay Cutler run in Chicago where they got to an NFC title game, and Detroit was garbage, and Minnesota was always fine but not good enough. Took advantage of a bad division, kind of like Brady did in the AFC East for years. Different day. Different day in that AFC North. You know who's probably going to be joining your division soon? Caleb Williams. Okay, Minnesota, they're kind of just Minnesota. Detroit, different day in Detroit now. So the road to getting back to the top won't be quite as simple and as straightforward as it might seem, Green Bay. You know, not everybody's life is yeah, go to college, graduate, get a good job, get married, have two and a half kids. That's it's not always that linear. There's gonna be bumps along the road. So ensure this is a young football team with a tons of with tons of potential. Just ensure, Packers fans, just ensure yourself, uh, Green Bay Packers organization, that you don't get too high on yourselves after over overachieving and over uh, exceeding expectations that I and many had for you. This was, by all accounts, a very successful Packers season, and they have absolutely nothing to hang their heads over. But the Niners aren't going anywhere. And more important, their division, where Kale Blooms could be stopping by for a cup of coffee and then some. And the Detroit Lions, they ain't going nowhere. It ain't going to be as, as simple as it may look, Green Bay. I'm just, Sharon! Excuse me. Uh, it's not going to be as easy, Packers fans. So, for the final time in the postseason, in the regular season, well, there's only you can only do it once in the playoffs. Uh, for the final time of the 2023 football season, Green Bay... You overachieved. You proved me wrong. I thought you only went six games, that you move off love. You obviously, obviously neither were true. I was dead wrong on both. But uh, you got your hopes there, didn't you? You got to just tick, tick, tick. you just like, oh my God, we're going to beat the Niners. We're going to beat the one seed. We're going to beat the Cowboys, the two seed, the Niners, the one seed. We're going to Detroit. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's, it's, it's a different ballgame game. In the playoffs. You can't make those, those I- I- ill-fated mistakes. That Jordan Love made that the defense was not able to come through. Can't can't do that. You know, Packers fan. People, you know, people think she said Ozzy doesn't like Packers fans. He 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 does. You know, he has sympathy. He's he's with a Packers fan on, on Saturday night. And she was very she was very sad. And it was hard to watch at times. I'm I'm not rooting for for my family to be sadder. I love my family. I want them to always be happy. Um but uh you did get your hopes up there a little bit, didn't you? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So for the last time, Cheese at Ozzy. Signing off. All right. That was fun. That was fun stuff. Listen, it's it's always for the record, people are like, what's Cheese at Ozzy? Well, obviously, you know Ozzy Osbourne, the the singer, obviously. Uh, my man Grady Edwards. I don't know if Grady's in the comments or watching right now. Shout out to him. But Grady, years ago, when I came up with this, or really last season is when I I brought the shades on. He said, if for some reason, you're giving me like Ozzy Osbourne vibes, and you got the cheese head. He said, hey, what about cheese head Ozzy? I'm like, oh, that's 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 perfect. And he said, listen, the cheese head Ozzy made many appearances over the course of the season, uh, given that the Packers lost eight games. But uh, that was that was fun. That was fun. And, and listen, uh, Patrick's in the comments. He's right. My sister, Chloe, he says, Chloe has hope moving forward. Kudos to her for being a good sport. She was a good sport. And and, and listen, she was in all dead, dead serious In all seriousness. Obviously we watched the game together and that, that was, she's been a Packers fan for like, sorry, Chloe, if I'm getting this wrong, but what, like five, six years, about five, six years, something like that. Five, six, seven years. Uh, Obviously Aaron was still there. Uh, She became a fan right at the end of the McCarthy era. And that's when she really started getting to the Packers and the NFL in general. But that is this. The only time I've ever seen her like this heartbroken or this like floored was the NFC title game loss to Brady and the Buccaneers in 2020 because the Packers finally had a home game, finally had an NFC championship game at Lambeau and they blew it. And, and, and Tom was able to come out with the double at the end. But uh, that is, she was pretty, that was more of a stunned feeling. She was, she was pretty devastating. She's been a Jordan Love fan since day one. She has believed in that kid from the jump when I didn't, and she was obviously spot on riding the money. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Farvin Rogers, but uh, but that's that's a high bar to reach. He may, I don't know, but they clearly found their franchise guy and came, you know, played played didn't play very well at the end, but they seem like they've got their guy. But in general, look, you know, she was she was heartbroken, but her team has hope moving forward. But like I said. Caleb Williams may if the Bears have two brain cells will bring in uh, Caleb Williams if they're smart and the Lions are uh, they they're not they're not going away anytime soon they're went away from the Super Bowl okay and it's a new it's a brand new day and a brand new culture in Detroit Michigan with Dan Campbell Brad Holmes Jared Goff etc very very exciting fun fun weekend though for real like I'll finish the show talking about the Ravens game. Uh, three of the four games lived up to the hype. And, and most people, I mean, we saw the line for, for Ravens-Texas. The Ravens were supposed to win comfortably. Uh, I didn't think they win by as much as they did. I think I had them by 10. They won by 24. But more on the Ravens, just a second. But the other three were just great. I mean, you had, obviously, San Francisco and Green Bay. They, they I didn't know this, but Fox said during the game they met more than any two teams in the history of the playoffs 10 times. And, obviously, the Niners continued to kind of own Green Bay. But then you had the the you know Saturday Sunday afternoon game with Detroit, Tampa Bay, competitive throughout. By the way, let me just touch on it quickly and then I'll get to the, the Ravens. Uh, shout out to Baker Rayfield. I said this on Wednesday's show after they beat Philadelphia, and I'll repeat it again that I have been extremely skeptical about Baker coming to the NFL. I thought he was incredibly immature. Uh, I didn't see the special there from a talent perspective, not to the level that I saw with Josh Allen, who I said didn't have a show back then, but honest to God, I said, Josh Allen's going to be the best quarterback in this draft. And he hasn't been Lamar's been, but still Josh Allen is more than more than compensated for, for the bills took him early in the first round. But I was like, I don't really see it there with Baker and he has the really good rookie season. Awful second year 30 year gets in the playoffs and beats my Steelers in the playoffs and then year four, the shoulder injury, Odell, you have the issue with Odell, doesn't play very well. It's actually kind of bad, to be honest with you. The team at times looks better with him off the field than on it. Then he goes to Carolina, and he doesn't play very well there. Then he goes to the Rams, as Stafford, when Stafford's out for the year. Rams are out of the playoffs. They're like, yeah, let's kick the tires on Baker Mayfield. And Remember Baker on that Thursday night game against the Raiders? Remember that game where they're down? Uh, I think they were down three, four points uh, in the fourth quarter. They had to go 99 yards in less than two minutes. And Baker went boom, 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 boom. Game-winning touchdown. Even more impressive, as great as that is, <laughs> he was a Ram for like 48-ish hours before that. He had been a Ram for a week, and he led the team to game-winning drive. Similar to what we saw about my man Space Dobbs, Josh Dobbs, the the, 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 the pastronaut against the Falcons this season. Very similar circumstances. And he kind of plays well. He has a blowout win over Denver. Has some moments here and there. Then he goes to Tampa. Feels like they kind of le- the NFL sort of left him for dead in Tampa. Brady's retired. The Buccaneers got to move off some guys, and he wins the division. I get it's a bad division. I get it, but beats a, a broken Philadelphia team, and then throws for three. Was it three fifty? Yeah, three forty nine. Three touchdowns. Listen, the interception at the end was bad, but he's the reason they got there. So what I said about Baker, what I came to kind of the realization on on Wednesday show is. If you give, like most people in life, there are exceptions. If you give him good circumstances, he can thrive in them. By the way, some people, that's not the case. You could put him in good circumstances. They still find a way to mess it up. It's not Baker. It's not Baker. Give him good circumstances. The one year in Cleveland, made the playoffs. Give him good circumstances with Sean McVay. Has some good moments. Plays pretty well. Give him good circumstances with good weapons and a great defensive coach. Wins the division, wins a playoff game. And for the record, something else too about Baker, something else that that smart, you know, self-reflective people do, he matured. He was kind of a kind of gave frat boy vibes in college, certainly in Oklahoma and in his first few years in Cleveland. But guess what? Cleveland's a disaster. Cleveland's a train wreck. Cleveland's always dysfunctional. Okay, it, it took them getting the greatest basketball player who ever lived. We can debate that later, to finally get a championship for the first time in a Half century. And now, if you add, if, if you're going to do, if add, add the time since, one title in 60 years for the city of Cleveland. Took the greatest player ever. We can debate that later to get them there. Of course, Baker's going to struggle there in hindsight. And even he had his, 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 some good moments there. So Baker matured. The team rallies around him. They seem to feed off his energy. And guess what? He still's a little cocky, still has that chip on his shoulder, but he manages it like all the greats do. Baker's not a great quarterback, but he's a franchise one, and the Buccaneers would be idiotic not to pay him. I, I I love being proven wrong on athletes. People are like, oh, that's just hindsight. No, 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 I really do. Listen to these guys, these, these men, these women work their whole lives to become professional athletes. I, I don't want to sit up here their whole careers and just bash them till the day they retire. Shout out Baker Mayfield, man. Listen, he's going to get a contract in Tampa Bay. Mike Evans, I assume, because that probably comes back. Mike Evans, eight catches for a buck 47 and a touchdown. Made a crazy catch at the end of the first half. The, the concentration, we don't have the video of it, but the concentration to, to haul that thing in was phenomenal. Uh, shout out to Tampa Bay. Now, there's some clock management stuff with Todd Bowles that was weird and confusing. Other than that, though, Buccaneers, NFC title, or not NFC title game, NFC divisional round loss to the second best team in the conference on the road by eight, and you had a chance to win it there at the end, Not a. there were worse outcomes for the season for Tampa. So Buccaneers fans have a lot to be happy about, and uh, Tampa should bring Baker back. They should. No doubt about it. And uh, I was wrong on him. Give Baker good circumstances. Give uh, young, talented people good circumstances. Give them a chance. Listen, we all know men mature, men develop emotionally, uh, you know, Better than, or, or sorry, not better, quite the opposite. Uh, slower than women. That's just, I mean, it's been scientifically proven, and it t- took Baker time, but he did. And I, and I, I give him kudos for that. I, I really do. So shout out to Baker Mayfield. Uh, now, for the guy that Baker Mayfield used to uh, face in the AFC North, and a guy my team has to unfortunately face twice a year, not this year because of uh, the fact that Ravens rested him. Uh, that guy, Lamar Jackson, for the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if you've heard uh, recently, uh, but little birdie told little birdie told me he's pretty good at football. Uh, he's 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 not bad. Lamar Jackson against the Houston Texans in a thirty-four to ten drubbing. Sixteen to twenty-two, a buck fifty-two passing, two touchdowns, passer rating of one twenty-one, and a QBR if you round up to ninety-four. And by the way, he had eleven carries for hundred yards and two more touchdowns. So Lamar Jackson, in totality, had two fifty-two yards total. Two touchdowns passing, two rushing. That would count for four on the day. QBR 0 to of 93.9 and a passer rating of 121.8. Simply put, he was nothing short of spectacular because that's Lamar Jackson. Now, I said on Friday, obviously I, I picked the Ravens to win the game. And I'm a Steelers fan, mind you. I picked the Ravens to win the game, though. They're the far they're far better roster than Houston. Houston's just too young. They need time. CJ stride to make a Ryan's, they're, they're on the right path, obviously. Uh, took a, a crappy franchise to the playoffs and a playoff win. Uh, props to him. Baltimore's a better team, but I said, for as much as I believed in in Lamar since he came into the NFL, he can't lose this game. I said he is more under, under more pressure than Josh Allen was. If Josh lost to Mahomes, well, guess what? <laughs> Most of it's, at least you could sort of say it's Patrick Mahomes. Josh didn't make the plays at the end again, but it's Mahomes. Like we could, you could sort of rationalize it. You can't rationalize Lamar Jackson losing to a rookie quarterback, rookie coach, a team that's really not even supposed to be there as the one seed, as a guy who's going to win a second MVP in his career in the division round, one and done. That couldn't happen for Lamar and the Ravens. Couldn't happen. And it was dicey. Houston blitzed a lot in the first half, and Lamar kind of struggled. And in the second half... Uh, this is just the drive charts. This doesn't even take into account, into context, what uh, Lamar Jackson was doing with his arm and with his legs, which was just crazy. Just things that other guys can't do. But second half, Lamar Jackson, six plays, 55 yards, touchdown. The next drive, 12 plays, 93 yards, touchdown. The next drive, 11 plays, 78 yards, touchdown. And then they got a field goal drive there uh, at the end. Uh, I don't even know. Tyler Huntley. No, Tyler Huntley went in the game at that point. Uh, No, I'm sorry. He was, he was at the game at that point. So That's Lamar Jackson. And it it is, I've said for years on carving it up that there's three quarterbacks I defend to the death. One I'm close to moving off of, but I'm still going to stay on the train. Still going to stay on the train. Uh, Three I defend to the death, and I don't really know why I have to. One is Derek Carr, and i sort of understanding why I have to lately. I may have to replace Derek Carr with Brock Purdy. The second one is Dak. Don't get it why I have to defend a guy who's going to finish second for the MVP and has dragged a, a bad franchise to multiple playoff appearances. And the first, above Dak, above definitely above Carr and above Purdy, potentially, is Lamar Jackson, which makes the mo- the least sense to me. Why I have to defend this guy? What 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 is there to have to defend? He's a league MVP. He's gotten better every single year of his career. Literally, he comes to the NFL in 2018, takes over for a I think there were a three and five Ravens team at that point, leads him to the playoffs. But then loses to the Chargers, and it's like, ah, can he really beat you with his arm? Oh, yeah, he can beat you with his arm. You know, all he does the year, uh, a year later is lead the NFL in completion percentage and touchdown passes. Yeah, you know, that's in Winsley MVP, so he can beat you with his arm. But then they get blown up by Tennessee. Ah, can he win in the playoffs? Well, the next year, he beats Tennessee in the playoffs. But can he play from behind, though? Well, he beats Patrick Mahomes in a come-from-behind win, and that's pretty hard to do. It's usually Mahomes who's doing the comebacks, not the guy against him. Okay. How about... uh How about in 2022? Well, do the Ravens need him that much? I mean, he's asking for all this money, and his mom's negotiating the contract, and do they really need him that much? Is is he really worth the, I say this in air quotes, trouble of the negotiations? Yeah, we saw the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. How'd they look? Barely average double digits and lost to Cincinnati in the playoffs. Close, by the way. You think Lamar being in that game wouldn't have made a difference? My guess is probably would have. He steps in this year, fully guaranteed, or not fully guaranteed contract, but... Big contract, so he's got his money. He's with the franchise he wants to be with. He's with the coach and the teammates he wants to be with. They upgraded OC, bring in Todd Munkin, uh, get, you know, kick Greg Roman out the back door, so to speak. They bring in Todd Munkin, bring the receivers in. Odell, Zay Flowers. What a surprise. Oh, what, what a shock. Lamar's one of the last four, quarter, four quarterbacks standing. Again, I, I've said for the last few weeks, and I certainly maintain this, my side, there's no quarterback in football. I want more than this guy. He has turned into not an elite thrower from the pocket, but a darn good one. He is, objectively, an elite thrower outside the pocket. Pro Football Focus graded him as the best quarterback in all of football throwing outside the pocket. We know what he can do with his legs. He's Michael Vick 2.0 in that regard. He's a great leader. He wins, like, 80% of his games. He's coachable. Again, gets better every year. Now he wins in the playoffs. Like, what more... Listen, if he doesn't get a Super Bowl this year, when we look at it, is that, yep, see, that's why Lamar's not good. That's your justification now? Now he's a running back. Remember that thing that was trending when the Ravens were destroying the Dolphins? Quarterbacky? y Oh, he's not. There was that one host who said, oh, he's not quarterbacky, and that got trending. Even LeBron James was talking about it. You know. At this point, if you are a doubter on Lamar, you don't necessarily have to have him as high as I do. I've got him third in the league. There's no there's no reasonable argument. It doesn't exist that he's not a top five guy. And top five guys are like franchise changers. Are guys who you can win multiple Super Bowls with. Are guys who win multiple MVPs, which I don't know if you've heard. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the only multi-time MVP playing in the NFL uh, right now. Rogers is hurt, so we'll put him to the side. The other guy is the dude in Kansas City universally recognized recognizes the best quarterback in football. If the Ravens lose to the Chiefs, it'll be highly disappointing. But will we look at it as, yep, see, that's why Lamar's not good. And most people lose to Mahomes. By the way, I think the Ravens have the better team. They have a, a great chance to win. Uh, what are they favored by against Kansas City? What do we got? Uh, three and a half. Okay, that feels reasonable. That that feels like a perfectly reasonable line. Uh, curious what the, what, what, what the betting experts say throughout the week. We'll see. But I, I don't know what more you need to see from Lamar. Well, he can't throw. Well, he's, you know. Led the league in touchdown passes in 2019 uh, and is the best quarterback in the NFL. According to pro football focus throwing outside the pocket. He is the second coming of Michael Vick in terms of mobility. Even the haters uh, would acknowledge that he's coachable and he's a great teammate and he wins 80% of his games and the Ravens make the playoffs every year that he is healthy. Yeah. He's about to win a second MVP. Like what, what more do you need to see? Other than a Super Bowl. And does him not winning even if the Ravens don't win a Super Bowl this year, which I hope they don't, I'm a Steelers fan. But if the Ravens don't win the Super Bowl this year, is that, oh, see, that's why he's not good. That's the knock now? It's pretty, pretty sorry knock if I do say so myself. I'm just going to throw it out there. Got some comments here. Patrick Lamar, lights, camera, action. Jackson has matured as well. Listening to him in his press conference saying they didn't play well in the first half, went out and dominated the second half. They, no question, did. Uh, and again, they're the better team. They're, they're better than Houston. Houston, uh, I, I picked Houston to beat Cleveland last week. They were, uh, I, I was right. Didn't think they'd destroy Cleveland, but they did. I was very happy about that. I hate Cleveland. Uh, but listen, Houston's never been here before. Rookie coach, rookie quarterback, they were supposed to lose this game, and Baltimore's supposed to win. And, and Patrick, by the way, says here at 100, he's 1,000% 1, right. Baltimore's defense, they've been the best defense in the league. Offensive line has been underrated. Offensive line is really good. Defense is just scary. Uh, now, the secondary has some concerns, some things that I think Mahomes of the Chiefs can exploit if they get the opportunity to. But listen, Ravens, they're the best in basically all the categories that mattered. Best scoring defense in the NFL. Uh, most forced turnovers in the NFL. Most sacks in the NFL. Everything important they did well. So... And Mike McDonald, who's the defensive coordinator, Aikman said it during the game for ESPN. I- I'm with him. I would be shocked if he's not a head coach in 2024. i shocked. If the Ravens retain him, look out. Because that guy's been, not to take credit away from the personnel, guys like Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, who's a monster, clowny, those guys. But, man, uh, McDonald's going to get a lot more interviews as, as time goes on. And we've only had two head coaches, I believe, hired thus far in the hiring cycle. There's still six jobs available. Um, uh, be surprised if McDaniel or, or sorry, McDonald doesn't get one of those jobs. Um, obviously Gerard Mayo to New England and, and D- Antonio Pierce retained is retained by the Raiders. So unless you're like, ah, oh, how are you a Steelers fan? Listen, I don't root for the Ravens. I wouldn't have been mad if they lost, but I have always been a Lamar Jackson guy. Like I it's, I tend to gravitate. I don't know what this is. I tend to gravitate toward people. This is why like I'm a big Dak guy. That and he's really good. Um, This is why I gravitate towards people, uh, or I don't know what it is. I gravitate towards people that are very underappreciated, underrated, overhated. Not just in sports, but outside of it. I've always just just gravitated because I'm like, man, why do they get the hate? Like, you look into it, like, why do they get all the criticism? Like, some some athletes is justified. Tua. Tua is a very good quarterback who is not elite. And the criticisms of Tua size, arm strength, ability to play in less than seventy degree temperature—those are fair. They're, they're fair. They're more than fair criticism. I don't think Tua. I think Tua is properly rated. I mean, if you think Tua is like bottom, if you if you think Tua is like in the top twenty, that you, okay, you're underrating him. If you think Tua is in the top seven or eight, you're overrating it a little bit. I think, but by and large, I think he's properly rated around the 14th best quarterbacks, and. um, Lamar's always seemed to be not just overrated, or I'm sorry, underrated, but overhated. Uh, that's that's been him his whole career. So, shout out to him. Wish my Steelers would have taken a taking a stab at him last year when he was, you know, franchise tagged by the Ravens. That'd have been nice. But hey, Kenny Pickett. I really hope the Steelers bring in a good OC. They just interviewed a guy from the Rams today, the passing game coordinator. So we'll see. Go Steelers! All right, that is all, all the time I have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by. As always. Be sure to catch Carving Up Live on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. Of course, be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. It helps the channel grow exponentially. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by Super Bowl 58. So if you have not subscribed, take a couple seconds uh, right down there, that big red subscribe button, that one right there if you're on YouTube, hit it. You're part of the Carving It Up family. If you have subscribed, thank you so much. Cannot tell you what your support and appreciation means to me and as well as to everybody involved with carving it up. Be sure to tell your friends about it, your family about it, everybody you know about carving it up live to uh to to subscribe to the subscribe to the show to support the show. We greatly, greatly appreciate it and hope we can deliver you the best content we possibly can, as well as just as important, be sure to go subscribe to the grid network. That is G R Y D. The Grid Podcast Network right here on YouTube, as well as any and everywhere you get your favorite podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere you get your favorite podcast. You can find us on The Grid Network, as well as The Grid Network's websites, where we got some fantastic articles by my man Patrick Brown, as well as on the audio side, some of the best content creators in the business. I know my man Devin, speaking of one of our content guys, I know my man Devin is on cloud nine right now. He's going to be all over me. Uh, I don't know if Devin's going to be on 8 o'clock spot tomorrow night. By the way, 8 o'clock spot tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. The best sports game show out there on The Grid Network's YouTube channel and Twitter account tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I am the host slash moderator slash judge of the show. So I will try to you know to keep everybody reeled in, but it'll definitely be fun. We'll have some great contestants, so tune in tomorrow, 8 o'clock spot, 8 p.m. Eastern, 8, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time on The Grid's YouTube and Twitter channel. There you go. All right, I will see you on Wednesday. 4-0 my picks, baby, 8-2 and for the playoffs. I'm feeling really good about myself. Uh, Detroit Lions came through for me What I said back in April. They are in the NFC title game. Let's go. Shout out to Detroit. Shout out to all the teams that won. I really hope Baltimore loses on Sunday. We'll see. Uh, but be sure, y'all, to stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. And please, please, please be sure to contact your local state representatives and senators to demand change for gun violence in America. This is a problem. whether However you lean, we have got to address as soon as possible. Save as many lives as we can. Very, very important. All right. Great playoff weekend. One dud. And three great games. And my guess is we're going to get two great games on Sunday. Niners are not blowing out the Lions. Come on. It's not going to happen. See y'all on Wednesday. Stay safe at the stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. And Dan Campbell, take us out of here, buddy. Kneecap. 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 Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube and be sure to go click that big red subscribe button and check out the other clips and full shows from Carving It Up Live as well as our other incredible content creators here on The Grid Network.